and welcome to the Swim Collective Podcast. I'm Scott. Joining me is my main man, Brandon Ress. What's yo, up, yo, what's up? What's up, dude? Yo, tell the people about yourself, B. Let's see. Uh, born in North Carolina. Um, born and raised there. Went to school, Towson University in Maryland. Swam four years. And uh, right out of college, got to move here to the Great Salem VA. Well, my man here gave me the job fresh out and haven't looked back since. We start them young here at Noak, you know. Well, awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we're finally doing this. So, um, like we talked about in the trailer, we've got a couple things to talk about today. But the first thing we're going to talk about is our top 10 swims or moments of the NCAA season. Um, and if there's something that you think we missed, let us know. We'll do a little follow-up uh lightning round in the next episode and maybe some swims if we if we missed any if you guys think that there's some swims that should be on there so i'll start off and these aren't in any order we we made a list individually brandon made a list i made a list and then we had a lot of carryover between those two lists so i'm going to start things off with louisville's 200 medley relay for their men their first uh team relay title and definitely really cool to watch those boys do that together with their team go ahead b uh yeah, I'll be happy to. Um keeping along the medley relay trend, uh, we'll transition to the NC State women's forehand medley relay. Um that was a lot of fun. That was definitely one of my favorite races in general for both NCAAs. Um just not that it came out of nowhere, but to like get that national record, I mean that's huge. Um yeah, they were a lot of they were excited. Um the interview after was great. Um I promised my girlfriend Meg that I would give a special shout out to Julia. So good job, Julia. Julia Poole. Julia Poole. <laughs> Anchor leg of the year. I it it is. I mean to you know, truly their best sprinters were, you know, already have swum for basically the other three legs and you know, they had to put someone in there and Julia stepped up big time, took that role in stride, knew the likes of Kate Douglas were trying to chase her down and held on, get the national record. It was that was a fun one. You know, first first relay win I believe for NC State as a program. On yeah. the women's side, yeah, so. for their women, yeah, that was <clears throat> that was cool to watch. And Brandon and I have like pretty some some deep connections to NC State, so it's definitely cool to watch your friends succeed and and you know your friends your friends athletes succeed and athletes that you know succeed. So uh, next up, I had Max McHugh's hundred breast uh, from NCAA's. It was the fourth fastest. Uh, he was the fourth fastest male of all time. He was a national champ, and then a couple weeks earlier. He dropped a monster 22-4 in their uh, 200 medley relay at Big Tens. Pretty Not too shabby. Pretty fast. Not um, too shabby. Breaststroke is as as a whole this year. I thought was pretty fast. I think the top 13 or 14 or 15 guys were all 50 faster than 52, which is pre- pretty crazy. Not I was I was 21st in 2009 with. I think uh, like a 53 low. So the the trend is definitely getting faster. What's next, B? Again, I just keep on the same um keep on the same trend as you. We'll now go to the women's side of things and uh take a look at uh Sophie Henson's not just the 100, but we'll take a look at her 200 as well. Definitely proven that she is the women's breaststroker of the meet, same as McHugh as he doubled as well. Kind of a little bit of an upset actually his over um Yeah. Reese Whitley. Re- thank you, Reese Whitley. Um, definitely know that he was the heavy favorite there, so that was pretty cool to see. Plus, it's just fun to see two people break 150 in the two breasts. Just mind-boggling. 
Yeah. But um, I would say that on the women's side of things, the uh, breaststroke was, I would say a lot of people would agree, is was pretty open as to who could take those. Um, uh, For instance, in the women's 100, you know, we had five girls that were sub-58, but above 57. So really, really tight field, probably the tightest race um, as, as far as like a vast number of people for that NCAAs. Um, but to, you know, go 57-23 and take the 100 after having a gnarly 57, I think was a flat on the relay. Mm-hmm. Again, we just talked about that. And then to throw down a really nasty 203-8 in the 200 as well and, you know, take the breaststroke crown is no laughing matter. So, I mean, those those were fun races to watch. Like I said, they were all pretty close, especially the 100. So definitely yep. enjoyed that one. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. So we've got Ryan Hoffer's trio of, of championship swims. He won the 50 free in 18.3, won the 100 free in 40.8, and won the 100 fly in 44.2. And Brandon was telling me earlier that majority of the guys in that A final were all under 45, right? Oh, man, the 100 fly, that was – that. I mean, it was literally – they touched the 50, and it was like I, I had no idea who's going to win right now. That, that was such a fun one to watch as well. Um, Obviously, Hoffer had a – fantastic meet so he he got it done i mean he's basically if there weren't someone named dressel we would be looking at this as one of the best greatest sprint freestyle performances of all time to go 18.3 40.8 i believe those are second fastest yeah, other than second fastest. Both. so yeah second fastest um, he's the second fastest performer in the 50 yeah. for sure and i thought 40 40 seconds in the 100 freeze is monster Oh, absolutely. I mean, those he just had – no one could compete with his walls no. in the, those freestyle races. He just – beautiful underwaters. Um, I know it had to feel good to break 41 and kind of, like, overcome the fact that he hadn't gotten a best time 100 free since high school. And I just – I th- also think that that's, like, insanely impressive to go basically four years without getting that best time and to throw down a monstrous um, meet your senior year like that's got to feel really good and that's like that takes a lot of like mental strength to like never go that best time and keep chugging along and finally get it done so that's like just as impressive as anything oh yeah for sure and I think the same thing can be said for competing in general over the past you know 12 or 18 months through through COVID you know a lot of a lot of stuff to overcome obviously if you're not training and competing but definitely a whole lot to overcome if you if you have the opportunity and and really the, the the privilege to do so um, you are you are next, B. All right. Again, I'll keep going along the same trend as you. So we'll transition to the women's side, another triple, and that would be a Paige Madden's triple. Um, the only triple on the women's side, actually. Um, there were three triples. Um, so obviously we talked about Hoffers, and we'll talk about Pages, but Shane also did as well. Um, very, very impressive. I know that he's going to – a couple of his races are going to come up later, so I'll save that for now. But um, Paige Madden's triple, I mean, impressive, two free, five free mile fastest 200 free split on the a free relay which they also won so um i mean just massive part for the uva championship the only triple they had um not that she came out of nowhere but um pretty sure until this being her senior year had not won a title yet so to come in senior year continue to drop time and you know go best times through all this and you know take the triple it's huge and i know that uva is very grateful for that as they one pretty big but it was just a massive team performance overall like they yeah. really did just get it from everything but watching her race was fun she was a hard racer she you could tell she wanted to win and it was impressive yeah for sure say. yeah next uh we'll stick with the women for this one we've got Catherine burkoff's 49 backstroke it's a pool record national title um 
and then Phoebe Bacon's 200 back, 148. Maybe that was maybe that was an upset on the 200 back, but that I thought that was a great women's race yeah. for sure. I mean, obviously Phoebe Bacon, uh, being a freshman, you know, you never know what to expect. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more later as well. Just the freshman class from both meets in general, just absolutely insane. But obviously Bacon, well known on the long course scene already. Um, but you know, not Ryan White was you know, 148 flat last year. And so I think, you know, most consider her the favorite coming in. But, you know, she had a great final. So, I mean, Ryan White was in there too. She got second with a 148 as well. So that was like, that was one of the more fun races on the women's side to watch was the two of them. Um, I know that a lot of them in that race took it out fast. Like those two kind of separated in the end, but it was a fun one to watch for the most part. And then obviously breaking 50 in the 100 back for Burkhoff, I mean, that's insanely fast and still breaking 50 is a tremendous barrier um it won't be long before we have a girl that's breaking 49 into the 48s which yeah, for is going to sure. be nasty too so just but 49.7 pull record in you know greensboro aquatic center has seen its fair share of fast swims so anytime you get a pull record there and you know it's good so yeah. to do it ncaa's i mean those both really really good times i mean it's just it's crazy to see a 49.7 hunter back and 148.3 200 back still like yeah. it's just mind-boggling well, i was during the women's meet, you know, my dad would text me or call me and ask me if I was watching the meet, and something would happen, you know, like when Kate Douglas won the the, the 50 free, and this will kind of segue into Kate Douglas and, and Maggie McNeil. What a saga. That was I, all. That, that was like, what a man, battle. A, a girl, a couple of girls going 21, man, that's fast. And, you know, there's tremendous athletes in the NCAA right now that really, really put up really impressive stuff and so kind of segues into a couple of our top swims and the the awesome the awesome battles that maggie mcneil and kate douglas had um you know you had kate douglas winning the 50 free in 20 and 21 one three maggie was 21 one seven and maggie mcneil's 100 fly was oh man an awesome awesome race and i thought I thought her her interview afterwards was was really good, just talking about being aggressive on the first twenty five and trying to match trying to match Kate's speed because she's got a great yeah. start, great speed. Maggie does too, mm-hmm. and then really attacking the wall and being aggressive. And that was you know, very seldomly do we get to see like just like that shift in gear and that shift in power. And Maggie McNeil's first wall off the 25 was 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 really really good and you want to talk about the 100 yeah i mean then got to the 100 free we knew it was going to be a showdown between the two of them again we'd seen each take a win already douglas in the 50 free mcneil in the 100 fly and so again we knew it was going to be a battle between them and the 100 free i mean each of these swimmers very easily could have been a triple winner in their own right but obviously if it weren't for the two of them they would have but you know we us as fans got treated to a fantastic little saga and it came to an end, the 100 free. And, again, McNeil took this one. Um, just that, that last 50, her walls, it just, it's just too good. She just she had it almost the 45. Which 46 flat is still absolutely insane. But yeah. we were so close to that 45 mark. But she took in 46.02, pull record. Douglas right behind her in a 46.3. And it was just – that was – just to watch the two of them just battle it out, duke it out, and really, really close races um, was just amazing to watch. Yeah, it was quite quite the storyline to to follow over over the women's meet. So next up, we have Alex Walsh's 200 IM. 
She's number six all time, a freshman from UVA, NCAA champ. I think anytime you have a first year making an impact like that on the national level, especially in the NCAA, it's definitely worth definitely worth noting. And I think she kind of surprised some people at ACCs when she when she beat her teammate Kate Douglas in the two. Absolutely, I definitely think many had Kate Douglas as the favorite. Um, so yeah, no, definitely. Um, I I don't not that anyone didn't think Alex Walsh was going to go fast, but I definitely think people thought Doug, Kate Douglas would run away with that for sure. Yeah, well, I think with with Kate, so versatile. Oh, yeah. There's nothing she can't do. No, you know, I mean, she's a contributor in every every sense of the every sense of the word, and definitely a, a really key component of of what UVA has been building and what led to what led to their their championship as a team this year. So next up, we have a few distance, few distance swims and a few distance storylines. So you want to hop into um, the 500 free? Absolutely. All right. 500 free best event. There is definitely my favorite. Um, so definitely like kind of a two part saga because we got to see them do it twice, not only at NCAAs, but at their respective conference meet, which was in this case, SECs. That was Kieran Smith and freshman Jake McGahey. Um, just absolutely fantastic. First off, the SEC race was beautiful. Got to see two different strategies at work and completed the fullest. Um, SEC Smith went for it, you know, went out fast, was below his pace for the record that he set, uh, set last year at SECs. Um, uh, by the end of it, he actually tied his record, like, which is just insane to, to tie your record that is that fast. So he went 406.32, but he had the hold off a very late charge from McGahee who roared in home in a 406.71 as a freshman. That is just absolutely insane. Big time drop for him. Second fastest guy of all time. That's just absolutely insane. So excited to watch him do the NCAAs again. Um, so much looking forward to it. Not even just as like a distance coach or someone who swam the event, but just in general as a swim fan. Like yeah. I was just like, that's going to be such a fun race to, to watch. And again, NCAA saw multiple strategies that work there, which is why I love the 500. There's just so many different ways to swim it. There's not really a one-size-fits-all. Like, we've seen a bunch of people take it out really, really fast. Saw Townley Haas completely take it out and hold on for dear life. I think it was either his junior or senior, when he, but when he took it out 135, we saw Trent and Julian try that, just took it out. I think he was like 136, trying to hold on for dear life. But unfortunately for him, McGahee and Smith had other plans, and they, they – went after it in their own rights. He made his charge a little bit sooner than he did at SECs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he took the lead about 100 left. And, you know, it looked like he got it. And then all of a sudden, Smith just basically out of nowhere is just like, you know what, now's my time to go. Roars home in a 23-2. So much left. At so the end much of a left. 500. At the end of, oh, my gosh. I think he was like 23 high on the, the one before that, too, or 24 low. Like, just to have that much left, like, definitely think he – I'm sure he realizes too. Probably could have pushed it a little bit, a little bit sooner. But at the end of the day, you know, he wins it four seven nine. Still an insanely fast time. A little bit off where they win SECs, but you know, my my big thing about that is I I think because of the way Smith did it at, and I could be totally wrong. Who knows? But like I feel like the way that he did it SECs and then how he did it NCAA's, I think he was really worried about McGahey charging at him again. And obviously with the double taper. You know, you never know what you're going to get. He wasn't as crisp 
<laughs> they say not as crisp. You'd still went 129.6 the day before in the, the A free relay. So obviously a little off we went SECs. And then, so I wonder in the back of his mind is like, I got to make sure I have enough to finish this time. And I right. think he might have held off a little bit too much. So that was definitely a swim that they had already been, you know, doing since SECs. Like that that race had been building since then. So just one of my favorite, um, obviously a little biases a distance coach and had been a distance swimmer myself. So, but still just tremendous race from them and Julian just to go for it and just try to hold yeah. on. Just fun. So much fun to watch. Like I think, and I think Trenton Julian's 200 fly would be like an honorable mention too, you know, but now I also don't have Nick Albiero's yeah. 200 fly win, which were, which was an incredible swim. That was Louisville's first men's in individual title. I believe. Hode Luca. Oh, the, patented foot clap oh, yeah. off the block. You're right. <laughs> From like what? I think he was in lane eight or lane one. That's why you're on the podcast, bro. Mm-hmm. You're, the, you're the swim genie. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, and kind of staying on, staying on lines with, with, with distance is, is Bobby Fink. And oh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you keep on this distance track. Cause I know it's kind of your, it's your baby in it. your basket. So, but Fink going four twelve just three different times in the mile just that's insane like i mean first off the next closest um uh person is zane grothy's for uh 14 18 which obviously like six seconds is pretty close all things considered a mile but like for fink to go like three straight like tapered 14 12s dating back to secs last year and then secs this year and then that again like that is just that's insane for how like obviously like how physically physically um exhausting the mile is it's just as every bit if not more mentally exhausting and to like know that you're about to go through that much pain because i remember like them interviewing him last year after he's like i wanted to get out at the 700 like that is just insane that's not even halfway yet and you're already thinking that but then to him to finish and go 14 12 now he does it two straight times this year i that's just i can't even imagine the consistency to go three 14 12s which is just insane is just i like I can't even fathom like the mental strength you need to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So, and then, I mean, McGee gets second in that. I mean, he obviously just, just a little, obviously not a Fink's level, but I mean, still a great swim in its own. But I mean, just like, gotta tip my cap to Fink going fourteen twelve again for the third straight time. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes back to like what I was talking about, like with Hoffer, like to like do something and not get that best time. And but to be right there every time, same with like Smith and his 500, to still be able to put out, go out there and race as hard as you can and like still continue to push forward, even though you're not quite getting that best time when you're that fast. It's just like it's it's amazing. And then just kind of like tie in trying to cap off the distance with him is he had an unbelievable 4 a.m. finish as well. Like just that last wall where he was so quick in and out of that turn and just blasted home that last 50 free. Like that was pretty that was amazing. Um, I mean, obviously set him up well for the mile. So they're just really, really good swims for him and just three fourteen twelves. That's just so impressive. Yeah. Not slow. No. Not at all. Uh, tell us about Kieran Smith. Yeah, so obviously, you know, he hadn't had any NCAA championships yet, even though he was the record holding the five free. We know that McGay he beat them there a little bit of an upset. But he comes back around, wins the two free. 130.1, but even before that, he has, I'm pretty sure he is the only person with multiple sub-132 frees because he did it 
at SECs with the 129. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 129.1 or something like that. And then he was 129.6 leadoff NCAAs. So believe he's the first person with multiple sub-130 splits, which is just insane. And then he, he wins it with the 130.1 to be an NCAA record holder. Still don't have the win yet. Like, that had to have felt good. It was a great yeah. race between was he, it was him and Kibler, right? Drew Kibler mm-hmm. from Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, it was 130.4. Tremendous race. Kibler out fast. Obviously, like a little bit more like 50, 100, 200. I mean, well, no, one, a little bit more front end speed. They, he, uh, he scratched the 500 to focus on the relays and then obviously the two free. So you knew he had the front end speed going out. And then Kieran Smith, you knew he was going to finish hard and he did yeah. and he took it. So it was, that was an impressive swim as well. I think we've done a lot more than top than 10, but we're at our yeah. last swim. Um, Shane Costas, 200 backstroke. That, that that whole race just I mean that was fantastic right that easily like obviously like I'm a little bit of a homer for the 500 but like as far as like purely like the times they were going and the story behind it and the way it was raced like that two back like both men's and women's and siblings like to me that was like the best race like to yeah. watch the two of them break 136 him the other being Dustin Lasco obviously um to watch them both break 136 is just I I can't even like it's so weird to say 135, 200 backstroke. Like yeah. that is just mind boggling. Well, it's like still just as impressive to me now as when Murphy did it. Oh yeah. Cause I remember when, when Murphy did it, I think everyone was kind of like, Oh man. Wow. Yeah. But the race was, the race was great. You had, um, Lasco taking off at the hundred mm-hmm. Casas staying strong staying confident, trusting, trusting that plan. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, Casas getting off his last wall and, and really finding a whole different, different level Absolutely. Of, of gear. And I think one thing that definitely impresses me about Casas is he has had a lot of, a lot of media, whether like wanted or unwanted. And I think you know, he was talking a little bit, you know, post NCAAs about the pressure and, and things like that. So I think that, you know, he had to overcome a lot of, a lot of mental, a lot of mental barriers for this Mm -hmm. meet of just being someone that can, can win every event that you're in and you're challenging American records and you're challenging NCAA records. And then to, you know, just trust that race and to trust himself and to, you know, trust his coaches. That, that was awesome. I think Shane does a really great job of swimming for a big guy. You know I mean? He is a tall, long guy and gets over on his walls and he had great turn speed on his last 25 and, Mm -hmm. and had great tempo and just, Shifted it to seventh or eighth gear and and <laughs> won it. Want to talk was... about more versatility too? Another guy. Oh man, <laughs> no kidding. I don't know who you consider more versatile, him or him or Kate Douglas, but both of them in their respective respective genders, just unbelievable versatility can put them in anything. So yeah, well, you know, going on with <clears throat> versatility and and things like that, you know, you've got we have some notes here, and and we were talking about this before we before we started recording, but. Just how insane this year's freshman class was. Uh, just tremendous. I mean, I obviously it's been a couple of years since we even had NCAA, so you know maybe maybe short term memory don't remember. But as far as like I can really remember, I don't remember like seeing a meet like this. Being like, wow, those freshmen just killed it. You know, obviously you have your your freshmen that always do really really well coming out of high school and they transition really well to college and make a big impact. But I mean, just a finals alone, thirteen women. And eleven freshman men 
had top eight performances, and that's insane. There were multiple freshmen with 30-plus points and 20-plus points, and I even a few had 40-plus points. I think Phoebe Bacon had a 51-point meet. Like, mm-hmm. that's like that's in, insane. Like, I it doesn't doesn't matter who you are. Like, to come in as a freshman and, you know, face all that pressure in a year such as we just had dealing with COVID, like, to put up that much insane times, that's, like, that's in crazy, crazy performances from yeah. the freshmen this year for We're sure. Looking at twenty four potential A final returners yeah. for next year, so it's just insane. The and that's not even to mention, you know, there's a I know there's a couple of freshmen who you know were scoring high in B finals and yeah. just missing A's, and you never, who knows how many extra relay performances there were for relay only swimmers that could have been freshmen because I know there definitely were a few. So well, that's something we we can dive into next week. Absolutely, too, just kind of our getting getting a little bit deeper into some of those other freshmen that were, you know, high B final swimmers or played big, played big roles on relays and things like that. Um, how about UVA's women having an A finalist in every swimming event? I, 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 it's amazing. Like it just speaks to like what they've been building there at UVA. And like, obviously like they, they've won pretty handily this year. And I mean, it just shows they had depth, they had quality, they had quantity, like they had it all. And it was just, it was their year. And, it, it's crazy to me that the ACC with UVA winning and then state going second was like the first time that they'd gotten top two as a conference, which is yeah. like just crazy to think about. Cause they've had such good teams, you know, over the past so-and-so years. So um, it is kind of crazy to think about that. They finally had a top two performances and this year they had two of them. So, yeah. Well, you look at the, the, the level that has been turned up with like with, with Braden and Todd, Right. Oh yeah. Like iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron for sure. <laughs> you know, and that was one thing. You know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. It's just like, you know, they coach together at state. Both are incredible coaches. Both have done incredible things as as head coaches. And for Todd to have, you know, his first national title as a coach, and for for you know Braden's women to to have the really like their own banner year in their own right, and to have the ACC in the top two at nationals is is insane that's crazy like that was when i when i swam for florida state you know 2017 to 2010 that was unheard of you know like most of the talk was all about the sec and the pac-12 and, and texas mm-hmm. kind of being in their own own little bubble within the the big the the big 12 mm-hmm. and and so to see not only nc state's rise and 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 um uva's rise but also louisville and and all the other teams that are really really stepping up and getting into the top 16 virginia tech you know they're virginia tech had a great meet like both men and women they they, they're a team that had quite a few freshmen both women and men that just like really put themselves into a finals which definitely wasn't expected at the beginning of the year so maybe it was for them but i know like for most they they had some very studly freshmen on on both sides and their, their freshmen definitely on their men's and women's side definitely made a big impact for them and and so it's it's just cool to see that you know and, and to watch mm-hmm. the, the the level of excellence rise yeah. and, and and be present across multiple conferences, which is ideally what you want. Oh, you yeah. know, to have a, a really competitive, a really rich, and a really a really great meet, and you know, like like we say, iron iron sharpens yeah. iron. You know, you want your competitors to be good and 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 be on be on the road to success, and it mm-hmm. encourages you and inspires you to to do the same. So, and I was one thing that I am wondering. That, like, I know that we've talked about, like, briefly, but, like, are we finally starting to see that, like, Phelps wave? You know, like, with all the noise that, like, Phelps made basically in 2008. Like, obviously, he'd been kind of on the swimming scene before then, but, like, 
I really feel like Beijing when he set the record and when, you know, we, we beat the French in the relay and that tremendous relay leaves that greatest, probably the greatest swim ever, I would say most, especially for most Americans would say that are into swimming, that Lezak, that performance is the greatest thing they've ever seen, um, which is ironic considering all that like Phelps has done. But, um, you know, but when he burst on the scene there and then like carried that for, for the next couple, basically next eight years, basically, um, I'm wondering like the freshmen today were, you know, in that, you know, really impressionable, like 10 to 12 age. I, I wonder how many of them, and I could just be way off here, but like, I wonder how many of them were watching and like following that hype. Like, we're finally seeing like the Phelps wave, like people who grew mm-hmm. up like knowing something because of Phelps. And yeah. we're going to start to see it. Is that why there's this big rise of like freshmen? Yeah. And I think too, we definitely have, we definitely have to mention, you know, Katie Ledecky and Missy Franklin. That's too, the other on, thing on is the women's side. I, a few years are we going to see just an absolute burst in the scene from women because of what Katie Ledecky and yeah. Missy Franklin did? As obviously they're, you know, four eight years behind Phelps. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that's going to come up soon. Well, I think what's what's awesome is that you have. We we've been really fortunate in in our in our time as swimmers and coaches both that we've we've seen the best of swimming, absolutely, you know, and especially the best of United States swimming. And and I remember I was in. I remember sitting in my parents' living room. It was like two or three o'clock in the morning, watching that 400 free relay and screaming and yelling and jumping and getting yelled at, oh, and yeah. being told to go to bed. So <laughs> that's like for for me, that's like my ultimate swim race ever. But Absolutely. I think we are starting to see that that kind that kind of wave, you mm-hmm. know. And I think there's going to be a continuous wave, especially with people like Dressel and, and even still oh, yeah. Ledecky and mm-hmm. and swimmers like that. So. It's good to good to see it, and I think I'm sure USA Swimming recognizes it, and you know hopefully we keep the keep the momentum rolling. Yeah, so obviously, and to kind of tie, in, I know we'll talk about this a future podcast as well, but the ISL, like hopefully that can continue to keep people engaged, like between the Olympics. Like obviously there's Worlds, but even then that doesn't garner the same attention the Olympics does. So hopefully you know yeah. the ISL can sit here and capture uh, because what they're trying to do is basically set up this fun little swim league where they're racing and it's giving professionals like an opportunity to stay more mentally engaged in between the four years. Cause it's obviously like yeah. very, very tough. Um, and it's also giving swimmers more of an avenue to kind of, you know, make a little bit of money doing their craft. Cause it takes obviously a lot of time. So it's hard to, to get it, sit there and train and have like a, another job that brings in the buck. So hopefully yeah. this can like help. Cause if you think about like all the other athletes in sports, they have, you know, very lucrative, deals really lucrative um leagues that like that is their job that's what they do and swimming has never really had that save like the top you know three that have those deals right. and have the brand so um you know hopefully swimming can like feed off this and continue to grow and you know mm-hmm. not just be the big thing for like you know the month that is the olympics because the u.s yeah. is so good at it but hopefully it can like kind of maintain and grow in popularity yeah no for sure that can be its own episode probably i'm sure Sure, and we both know we both know some some swimmers that are on ISL teams, so maybe that'd be a good, yeah, a, yeah. Good, a good you segment say, to have. Say that I'm pretty close to some of them, at least to one of them, <laughs> at least to one, at least to <laughs> one. Right, cool. So before we before we uh, move on to the next next part of this, if you had to pick one swim from the NCAA season to be your favorite or your top top swim top event, what would it be? Mm-mm-mm. But we all know Let's what see. he's gonna pick. No, I don't think you do. I have to say, so there's two swims that definitely like got me off my feet, um, for sure. 
Uh, and actually, I'm going to go like the one because I, I got to watch this. Well, I didn't watch it with my brother, but I was in on the phone with him during this event. And it was the 400 medley relay for one. Yeah. That one, like that one was so exciting to watch. Um, and obviously, like he was going crazy. And if you if you know, Justin, you know, he's he's not the most high energy guy. So to see him like getting really excited and like I was I've obviously real high energy. So like I was yeah. excited. So that one was definitely like the one that got me going like the most. Yeah. So and obviously like watching that or like being on the phone with him while it was going on was definitely definitely yeah. helped that. But that, that, was that really definitely cool. was my favorite. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think mine's got to be the men's two hundred back, for yeah, sure. I kid. That was by far by far my favorite race, and I think just performance wise, you've got two guys under one thirty six. Game set match, checkmate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> imagine imagine uh, Lasco, you you go you break one thirty six fast third fastest of all time, fastest freshman of all time, and you don't even have a school record. I know. <laughs> hey. I mean, game recognizes game, baby. That's and you know what? One's a freshman, one's a junior. It means they can do it again next year. Future's bright. Yes, future is bright for sure, and especially, I mean, future's bright for NCAA backstroke. Future oh, is yeah. definitely bright for USA backstroke. Always, and, always. And and Murphy's what? Still number one. Yep. So as of right now. Yep. <laughs> nah, I mean he's. Tremendous, tremendous yeah. backstroker. Dude, he's he's crazy. He's got it all. He's got the strokes. Those youngins are coming up, though, man. Those youngins are. are coming up. There's always youngins, especially in, for the U.S. There's always those youngins in the backstroke. Yeah. So I think probably, at least for me, probably the the biggest story of of the season is Eddie Reese announcing his retirement. It's got to be. It was what the Monday after, yeah. Monday after after NCAA's and and so, yeah. I don't even really know where to start about about Eddie, but the reality is is that he's the the goat, you know, the goat of swimming, and you know, so he's going to be the he's going to stay involved on deck at Texas. And Wyatt Collins was named the interim head coach, mm-hmm. and the the chatter on Swim Swam has already started about who's next and and what's next, and I, I we're, we'll dive into that a little bit more our next our next episode, yeah. but. That'll be a pretty interesting story to watch. Absolutely. And so Eddie just finished his 49th year or 49th season in the NCAA. He's been at Texas since 1972. Has been won 42 consecutive titles in either the Southwest Conference or the Big 12. They've won 15 national championships. This past season was their 15th national championship. Crazy. So basically five decades. He won a championship in five different decades. So basically every two years – the Texas Longhorns yeah. were collecting a national title while while Eddie was Eddie was at Texas. Just insane. Um, and <laughs> here here like it, it's awesome to win, but they were runners up twelve times and placed top three thirty three times. Just insane. And you nationals. know that if he wasn't there, they were still probably top five, if not top ten. Like, last so. time I checked, top three at conference was still pretty awesome. Yeah, you know. Right? <laughs> so. Uh, he was also an eight-time NCAA Coach of the Year. He coached 73 national, different national champions. And Texas won the NCAA, yeah. NCAA championship five times out of the last six years. And so there is n- no question of what the dynasty in swimming is. Oh. The ultimate dynasty. The ultimate. For sure. It, 
I, even more impressive, I think, than like any of those mind-boggling stats, followed by like you know the mind-boggling amount of records he has, um, and the records his swimmers have, is the fact that like there really isn't basically anything negative that really anyone can say out there. And obviously, like you're gonna find swimmers and coaches who don't get along, and I'm sure he did as well. But even when that happened, like it still was. It sounds like it was never an issue. There's really been nothing negative about it. Like just to be that long and go just basically like unscathed with a lot of things is like very impressive in itself. He's got to be the least downvoted individual on swim swim. Yeah, and that's how you know you of, made it big of all time. <laughs> Period. No, definitely. And then like on the on the international scene for the United States, he was the men's team Olympic coach three different times: 2008, 2004, 2002. It was a member of a, an Olympic team coaching staff seven yeah. times from 1988 to 2012. 29 Olympians, 39 gold medals, 16 yeah. silvers, it's, eight bronze. It's it's tremendous. I think, like, and to go a lot, like, swimming has evolved so much, like, over the years, and it evolves really rapidly. Like, it's always changing, mm-hmm. like, the way things are done. Like, I mean, the biggest thing in the, you know, the sport right now would arguably, like, underwaters and, you know, those haven't even been around that long, you know, like Coughlin was doing it, you know, when she was in school and nobody else did it. And it was just like and she just like ran with it, you know. Yeah. And so like it's only been like, you know, within the past, like basically 10 years where like there's really been a heavy emphasis on that. But like even through all the, like the little changes such as that that have come through, he still finds success. And that's like that's that's the big thing that like stands out to me is not only does he you know, has the championships, but it's throughout all of it. Like, yeah. through all the ups and downs, through all the changes in swimming, like, he has continued to still win and still find success. Yeah. And that's, like, and that definitely goes, and that goes along with the fact that there's not a whole lot of negative out there, if any at all. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that just speaks to, like, a, based on everything, like, I've heard and from the comments from, you know, ex-swimmers and current coaches and stuff like that that have, like, worked with him or, like, swam with him or for him is just, like, you know, nothing is, like, to everything is like simplified not that like the way he does things is simple but like everything he does there's nothing there's no like secret to it like the secret is him and like his personality and his coaching style but not like the way he coaches not his sets like that's not like where the secret comes from it's it's who he is as like more of like a person and what he does like for team culture that has like been like the secret that's been everyone wants to replicate but can't yeah you know everyone wants to be there Oh, yeah. Everyone wants to swim for him. Yeah. Coach with him. I think something that, that's cool too is how long Chris Kubik was with him as oh, well. Yeah. You know, and then obviously, you know, Chris being a really vital part of what Texas has done and, and Wyatt too. You know, mm-hmm. just the Texas lineage is deep. Oh, and, it's very deep. And definitely. So our hats go off to Eddie and, you know, congratulations on being the GOAT undeniably the undeniably goat, you know undeniably. Um, definitely impressive and you know i think that every coach everywhere has looked for your sets or listened to try to find everything that you've ever said about swimming and 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 definitely soak it up and i know that you know our our swim collective and our swim swim community is definitely you know our hats go off to you and we're, we're excited for you and whatever your next step is but you know like like he said i think we're gonna see eddie around yeah for, I mean, for a couple years i think it's been like he he still loves coaching like practices i think it was like the big thing was like the stress of the big meets i think if i remember reading correctly that was like the part that he like in his age can't do anymore <laughs> but he said he could like be around and practice yeah uh, he would be around practicing and helping out so yeah that'll be interesting i think i truly think that'll play in to you know who they get 
as a coach, we'll see how that works out because obviously he'll still be around. So at least for at least for a year. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So next up next week, same time, same day, Friday, we'll bring you our second episode. And we're going to we're going to talk about the Texas coaching movement. We're going to talk about the coaching movement that's going on in the NCAA right now. Could be a pretty could be a pretty spicy spring, oh, yes. for sure. So there's definitely. definitely the positions are starting to open up, the movement's starting to happen. Um, we're going to talk about some trials predictions. So we're going to bring our first little wave of Olympic trials predictions, meaning who are our predictions to make the Olympic team. And we also have a very big announcement next episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for listening, Brandon. Thank you. You're the man as always. Thank you. Thanks for getting this all done and finally putting our, I don't know if you want to call it a dream, but definitely something we've wanted to do for a while into motion. Well, we have to thank my wife for purchasing this equipment for us. and Thank you, Whitney. Allowing allowing me to spend my time <laughs> fussing over this for the past couple of days while we got this, got this rolling. But no, seriously, thanks for listening. Glad you're here. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Leave us comments or suggestions, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Swim Family. Have a good one.